Hey everyone, welcome to my show. I have my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. It's so great to come to you today. I am here again with my dear friend Stacy Danford with the Grateful Brain, my neuroscientist. Oh my goodness, I'm so I love saying that. It makes me feel so empowered and I, and I didn't oh, do good. anything. I just know you. <laughs> We're so excited to bring to you again building a fabulous relationship in many ways and this is part 3 of our series of 4 and today Stacy, welcome, first of all. Thank you. It's always so fun to come here. It is fun. And I wish you could, well, I really do wish you could listen to us before the show because we laugh. We laugh. I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. I cry. We, you know, you do become close in, in, in this, this day and age. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, we are with series three. And what are we talking about today on the relationship? Front? How to have a fabulous relationship with your significant other. Isn't that the truth? Uh, hard yeah, work. It is hard work, right? It is work every day. You know, and, and um, the people that say that it's not, now, now I did not have a great pregnancy. I was sick the entire nine, 10 Me months. Me too. I just did not have, um, and I, and I felt so guilty for saying that, but I didn't have a great pregnancy and everyone's like, you'll forget about it. You will forget how you feel and you'll have another one. I have one child. Well, I have three yeah. and I can tell you, I do not feel guilty. I hated every second of all three. Isn't that I something? was not one of those people that enjoyed being pregnant no. at all. I hated it yeah. every minute. I threw yeah. up on the delivery yes. table, on the back of the nurse. Uh -huh. I never stopped being sick. Yeah. Sick the whole time. Yeah. It was like a week and I, I am just, uh, it, it was, was just, miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have friends that are like, oh, this was the greatest time so, of my life. So I was good. just glowing. I was like, no, 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 I wasn't glowing. No, no. I was sweating. I was fat. I couldn't breathe. I was five foot two and five foot two. <laughs> it was miserable. You were cute. <laughs> Perfect was. little cute. I felt like my, my kidney was stabbed into my liver, stabbed yes. into my intestine. It was it was and miserable. You have three, three children. Kids. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> One and done. Oh my goodness. Yes. But um, significant other, and that's my husband. This is my third marriage. It's his fourth. He always says it wasn't his fault. None of his his fault. <laughs> okay, great. So, but it is hard work. It is. It is work. It's but truly I hard mean, work. But work. Anything worth having is worth yeah, working. Requires work. So tell us. Because you too, you've been through a couple yeah, of yeah. lots of marriages. <laughs> Me and Elizabeth Taylor were right up there. And it is, I think in the beginning, of course, you know, I'm from a small town, so are you. And mm -hmm. it was just, everybody got married right out of high school. And it was like, you know, boo. And my first marriage lasted less than six months. Did it really? And I knew as I was walking down the aisle, like I didn't want to do that. And it started off almost as just, everybody was doing this. And so this is what you're supposed to do. And okay. And I didn't understand really like what it was. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but you just don't, you don't know what's required out of the marriage. Mm -mm. And it was just, I don't know, it was crazy. And five months in, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I was 19 years old. Right. And I was like, if this is what I have to look forward to, no, no, thank no, you. thank you. No, thank you. And we, as a matter of fact, I think I'm almost positive that one was annulled. So I don't even count that in my roll mm -hmm. call. <laughs> my first one was too. Yeah. <laughs> and my give me. Yeah. I'd been married three times by the time I was 21. Stacy Danford. Yes, you're kidding three me. Three times by the time I was 21. And that's why I love neuroscience. Wow. Because I had been looking for happiness all my life in the eyes of someone else. And as a child of, you know, an alcoholic father, 
you and and daddy was never mean at all mm-hmm. and today he's dear and precious to my soul and he's been sober for 13 right. years but and I, I just knew he didn't talk to me very much and he didn't tell me you know you're beautiful and you're wonderful and all the things that a little girl needs yes from a man and my mom did, but it's just different when it comes from a male figure. So I started looking for that subconsciously in in the eyes of, you know, boyfriends at school and all the things. And I didn't realize until way later that I was looking for my happiness and what they could give me. Mm-hmm. And when they stopped giving it to me, I no longer like to them. Right. And so I was just going from one to the other to the other, like, okay, you don't make me happy anymore. I'm out of here. Wow. And I can say out of my four marriages, I would say, you know, two of the divorces where I would say were mostly someone else's fault. And then mm-hmm. I would say two were mostly my fault in, including the annul one. And I just think that it's never 100% anybody's fault. Mm-mm. And you know, you don't wake up one morning and go, hmm, I think I'll brush my teeth, comb my hair and ah, have an affair, go out. You know, you know, it doesn't happen that way. It's right. a progression over time. Mm-hmm. And now that I understand neuroscience, I also realize it happens in your head long before it happens physically. And you think about other people and you wonder, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to be married to them. Oh, they're so much nicer. Well, yeah, they're nicer because they see you like 45 minutes a day. Right. They don't go home with you. They're not paying bills with you. They don't have a dirty house with you. They're not listening to you gripe about work. They're not smelling your bad breath in the morning. Of course it's fun. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that. And they're looking for that momentary fun in a lasting relationship. And it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. It, It just does not work that way. Our brains do not work that way. And when they're, when you're 19, 18, 19, um, I, you're you not, you've, you've, you, you, your frontal cortex is not even talking, developed yet. Exactly. Yeah. That you've talked about on the show before. And so you certainly don't have that in your growing up. My parents were married at 19 and 21. My mother passed and they were married many, many years. I mean, I mean, she, gosh, 40 something years. I don't know how, because they literally grew up together. together. Your parents, right? No, my parents are divorced. divorced. I mean, but they okay. got divorced when I was 18. Okay. And I, I was I was one of those people. I was glad they got a divorce. I, I was not, you know, I'm not heartbroken over it. I think they're both way better people. And I knew all of my life they did not match. They just didn't. My mom is very sweet and kind and follows the rules and comes from a rule following family. My dad is a rebel and, you know, and he he just didn't fit that mold and Mm -hmm. they didn't work well together. My mother cried and dad got wilder and wilder and crazier. And, but his family is people that don't follow the rules. And so I, I always knew that as a kid, I just didn't know what was wrong. And, but my mother's family, they stayed married and my grandparents were married 60 years. Wow. And I remember as a little girl thinking, oh, this is the greatest thing. You know, this is perfect. But then one time my granny told me that she still, I still have them too. I have a pile of love notes that she had from her first boyfriend. Wow. And it wasn't my granddad. Mm. And they, I mean, they stayed together and they loved each other dearly. And, but you can grow into loving almost anybody if you experience enough time and, it, and, you know, sadness and sorrows and deaths and marriages and because memories create a similar bond in your brain. And that's why sometimes it's very 
hard for people to differentiate. Do I really love you or just have I experienced a lot of things with you and we have a commonality? Mm-hmm. And that's very different. And I think we just don't know what we're looking for when we're young. No. We we have no idea. Oh, no. We no. just want someone to fulfill us. Yeah. And that's the biggest misnomer ever, Jerry Maguire. That is a terrible <laughs> line. You complete me. Blech. Yeah. No, you don't. No. Mm-mm. If you're not complete when you start, then you're always looking for that person to do something for you. And it becomes a full-time job that they've got to do. To complete you. Yes. And you talked about that in the first series when we were talking about loving yourself. And you have to love yourself. You do. You have to. You You have to do that first. And I don't think you can do that fully until you get a little experience under your belt. Mm -hmm. And at 19, my goodness. heavens. I know. I know. You don't know anything. Yes. And then if you add a child. Into the mix. Into into the mix. And, you know, that that to try to save a marriage. Oh, geez. Yeah. And like my big kids, their their dad and I were married almost 17 years. And, you know, and I was pregnant when we got married. And, you know, we stayed together 17 years. But we, our number one job was to raise a superstar. I mean, Mm -hmm. and Brent was born, God love him. He didn't even know he had a job straight from birth. <laughs> and we practiced saying his name like it was going to be over the loudspeaker. Really? Because we knew he was going to be a superstar. Right. <laughs> Poor child. Thank God. No he, pressure, Thank Brent. God he was. I yes. mean, and he was an athlete. I mean, he was running at eight months old Wow. and would run into the wall. And I always said his, his body developed before his little brain. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing, son? But I mean, we, our job was we were re- re- raising Brent. You yes. know, I mean, that was pretty much what we did together. And it was funny how as Brent got older and our job became less about creating a superstar because he became his own superstar, our marriage went further and further apart. And not that I didn't love him. We'd experienced two babies and, you know, my deaths and, and he's a nice person, but I didn't know what I wanted for my future when I was picking, you know, in my Mm -hmm. twenties. Right. And, you know, and it's, we, are friends now, you know, and you know, I think that's another misnomer that you have to hate your ex. And I mean, I know there are people out there that do, and there's, you know, bad blood and whatever, but that's also a choice. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's people that have been in abusive relationships. My second husband was horribly abusive, horrible. And I look back at myself now and go, what was I thinking? Because I would not even let anybody talk to me like that, much less put a hand on me now. But I do understand neurologically how people stay in those relationships because it's a neurological pattern. And when people belittle you and put you down, 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 you need them because you're so small and you need that boost of endorphins in your brain to build you back up, which is what they do. And that's why I say it's always about the chemicals. And if you don't love yourself, you will be dependent on that person to help build you up and build you up. Isn't that something? And that that makes 1,000%. I mean, that makes sense yes. because you're so low. You're so, you just, yeah, it's so sad. Someone else to build, build you, you up. up. Oh. And, and I hear people all the time say, I can't believe she stayed in that relationship. What was she thinking? I, I know exactly why she stayed in that relationship. I mean, I did it myself. I wouldn't do it now because I have a different brain. I have a different wiring system. But when you're in that system, 
your brain follows the exact same patterns and that's what it knows to do. And there's always a cycle. That's one of my favorite parts about my degree is we look for brain patterns and there's always, you know, the stimulus, which was some catalyst of whatever it was, you know, you looked at somebody, did you look at, you know, the, whatever mm -hmm. it is, then there's always the fight. Then there's the makeup. Then there's the, I'm sorry. Then there's the, I'm going to be really good for, I'll never do it again. And it lasts for, you know, a week or a couple of days. And then boom, here comes another one. Isn't that and everybody out there who's in one of those relationships, look at it carefully and look for the patterns because the pattern will always repeat itself and you'll be in that pattern for the rest of your life. Okay, Stacey, say that again. I want, this is so helpful. Give me the pattern. There's always a trigger uh -huh. and then there's the blow up. Mm -hmm. And then there's the apology and then there's either a makeup sex or a makeup gift or a makeup vacation. And then there's always the promise of I'll never do this again. I you know, I promise if you wouldn't have made me mad, you know, all the things and then boom, it'll come right back. It There'll be another back. trigger, another trigger. Yeah. And it happened. I I've seen it. I have so many clients. I've seen it over and Cycle. over and over. Do you just say to your clients, do you say, you need to move. You need to walk away. No, because you don't. They, you can never tell someone else, especially in my business, what to do because it won't last. That's why rehab has a success rate of only like 13 to 18% because someone else is telling you to go get sober or to go get clean. And the statistics on that are phenomenally horrible. They, it just doesn't work because they're teaching you what to do when you're in the situation, but you're in a place where everything's clean and everybody's nice and you don't get the outside stimulus. Once you get back into that outside stimulus, your brain follows that same pattern again. Same and thing. for addicts, I mean, I have a whole family full of them. It's the same pattern. There's a trigger and it just starts a loop again. And, and you promise yourself, you get back, but your promise isn't to another person. It's to yourself. I'll never do this again. And how many times have people overeaten and like, okay, I'm never doing this again. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes on a diet right after Thanksgiving when they're, you know, full mm -hmm. and bloated. It, our brains follow patterns. And if you learn to watch the pattern, you can break the pattern, Wow! but you cannot get out of it until you realize that it's there. Do you think that, um, do you think that there's some people that's, well, obviously, and I can't finish the sentence, but for example, my husband's mom, which is deceased now, Greg on his fourth marriage, um, his mother said to me, Greg is the best guy. He is so funny. Everyone loves Greg, but he's hard to live with. You know, he's hard to live with, right? Now, and I honestly, to this day, do not know what she was talking about because he's not hard, hard to, live to live with. with. You know what I mean? We, we, you know, he leaves the vitamin wrappers or I'm OCD with the bed. Right. I'm the beauty. <laughs> I'm my beauty. But he's not. So my question is to you, maybe his ex-wives, maybe they just couldn't. And maybe it was age too. I think we all mellow with age yeah. and, and we learn what's important to us. Isn't that the truth? And, and you know, when you're younger, it's career and raising kids and what house you have and all the things. And then when you get a little older, you know, like us past 50, it's health. I want to be healthy. I mm. want to be able to have peace. I want to enjoy my life. And have I set myself up for that? And I no longer worry so much about, you know, what my butt looks like in a bikini on a beach because 
I may or may not even go to the beach this year. Right. I want peace of mind. I want a house that feels comfortable. I want my kids to come home and feel safe and happy. And it's just a different lifestyle. And I think when people meet at the wrong time, there is a clash and it is, you know, it makes it a little hard to live with. Mm -hmm. But I also think as you know, you and I both got remarried in our later years, I think that does make it harder. And my husband and I have teased about that so many times is he always says we had two alphas coming into the house and we were fighting over control Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'd done things the way I wanted for 50 years. And I mean, we were, I was 50 when we got married. And so this is how I do the towels. This is how I put things in the pantry. This is how, and he had a whole different way. And so we had to really work hard at creating a balance of, okay, I'll let you get this one and I'll get the next one. And we even joke and say, okay, one for your team. And then I'll get one for my team. And like the towels, like he's an engineer. And so all things detail and logic and I'm beauty, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of my filters in my brain. I love beautiful things, beautiful place settings, beautiful yards. It's important for my brain because then I can rest when things are where they go. I can't stand clutter. And so my husband lays the towel across the bar or across the shower all the way out and folds it over because he says it dries better that way. And the airflow is significantly, I'm like, I don't care about airflow. It looks ugly. That's my Please husband. hang it on the hook. It looks cute. We each have our little hook. Yes. Put it on the hook. Yes. 1,000%. It drives me insane. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, I'll give you that one, but you got to give me this one, you know? Wow. And so we've like learned to trade. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. One for your team. Right. And so, you know, you also realize that some of the things you get stuck in your ways about that it's not that big a deal. Right. You know, and we talked about this on the second series. Um, we, I honestly, Greg and I, I have to take things with a grain of salt because I take it so seriously mm-hmm. and I get so emotional and so sensitive about it that if I now encourage, okay, remember me, uh-huh. the, I, the, the control freak, and that th- it gives him permission to laugh about it. Yes. Th- and there's something with the brain chemistry with laughing and smiling, yes. right? And that it releases endorphins. And endorphins are like an opiate. They block pain. So if you are having a painful moment, and I don't remember if I said this in the last podcast or not, but pain registers in your brain in exactly the same place, physically or emotionally. There's a pain center in the brain and it doesn't necessarily act exactly the same, but it registers in the same area. And there's a book out there called Social by Dr. Lieberman that talks about when you have heartache If you take an aspirin, the same as if you have a broken leg, it reacts the same way in your brain and it will help block pain. Well, endorphins do the same thing and laughter and smiling and joy and movement. Those all give out endorphins. It's all about the chemicals. Your brain releases endorphins, which block pain. So the sad thing is when you're in pain and heartache, the last thing you want to do is laugh and giggle and sure. go work out. But really and truly, if you will make yourself, it will get you out of that funk mm-hmm. faster than anything else you can do. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. And I remember when my little son's husband left me and I did, I cried for a week. I took a week off and i could not make myself move. And I just cried and cried and cried because that was my fourth marriage. And I was like, that was the one I was like, this is going to work. And I did. I loved him dearly. And he just walked out. And 
I remember going, oh my gosh, Stacy, you have left your happiness completely in the hands of him. Get up. And this was before I knew anything about neuroscience, but I knew if I laid there, I was going to wallow in it. And I did not want to become one of those people that never stopped talking about the divorce they had in, you know, 1974. And I hear people do that all the time. Well, my husband left me and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, how long ago was that? 34 years. I'm like, you're kidding. I know. Come on. Yeah. You just let him have 34 more years of your life. Right. Stop leaving your life in someone else's hands, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And you have said you would love to write a thank you note to your ex-husband. And really and truly, I would. He has given me courage to do things I would have never done. And I have always said good is the enemy of great. And our life was good, but I did not know it could be great. And I truly at 50, almost four years old, I love my life. I just told my husband that last night. And I said, I wouldn't trade places with anybody else in the world. If you gave me an option right now, I said, not even Oprah. I I still want to be me. I love my house. I love my life. I love my schedule. I love my cellulite. I I love my life. And it took me 54 years to have that. That is so, so, so important. I mean, and I I understand. I love my life right now. I, you know, I just love, love, love. love. And I, and, you know, I, you know, you failed marriages and failed relationships, boyfriend, you know, and significant others. And it's just. And people let it take them out. Like, oh God, I've made so many mistakes. I'm like, yeah, I got more on my body than anybody in the world. I've made a thousand. So Stacey, talk to me about the people that are that they rush the process, they get engaged, they have a child before they have figured this out. It's, I truly, I mean, in the statistics show, marriage is a 50-50 shot Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter religion or any, I mean, it's 50-50 regardless of your race, religion, everything. And I just think, why, why would you rush this? I mean, because six months is, is how long novelty will last in the brain. And regard, I mean, if you get a brand new house, if you get a Porsche, if you, you know, if Elon Musk drives up and says, Hey, I got a Tesla for you, you'll be so excited about it. But six months later, it's just a car. And that's as long as those chemicals and that excitement will hold in your brain. And what's crazy is people will give you that same novelty, but it will only last six months. And I cannot tell you the amount of people that have told me he was so wonderful. And about six months in, he just became a new person. No, he became the person he (laughs) was. He, you can only pretend you can only keep your best foot forward for six months. Don't ever, nobody marry anybody before six months. Oh my goodness. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, and even longer, um, we have a a friend, a personal friend, and she's been dating this guy for a very long time and they're engaged and, um, they, she, he just broke up with her. I mean, she went dress shopping a few weeks ago and, um, she said it hit me on, I mean, what? Yeah. You know, and just out of the blue. Now the girlfriends say, they saw it uh-huh, coming. They saw it coming, and uh, but she did not. And I just, you know, all the girlfriends are like, "Thank yeah. goodness this happened." Yeah, but and and that's sad but true. And I know people out there are not going to want to hear this, but it is absolutely true, and it's proven by research. 
what your friends think about your significant other is a huge clue and it matters because your brain will block off things. It's called the halo effect. And we see the people we love as if they had a halo and it's a, a brain heuristic. And like my son, my big son, we laugh and I just went and watched him, you know, coach a football game last week and his wife and I were just laughing at ourselves. Look at him stand there. He looks so cute. And like, we were clapping for him standing. Right. And then we both said, oh my gosh, look at him when he bends over. And we were like, he's so cute. And I mean, we definitely have a halo effect when it comes to him. And we do that with our, our other, and it's not a real view. Mm -hmm. And so your friends and your people in your life who know you best, they often will see things that you don't see. And, you know, of course, if they go, oh, dude, you're not going to get to go out again or, you know, Mm -hmm. well, that's one thing. But if they say like, I don't really think he treats you very nice or like, listen, and I know you won't want to, and I know you won't see it, but listen, Mm -hmm. because I cannot tell you how many times that has happened Mm -hmm. in my business that people have said, all my friends told me that a long time ago. I'm like, I know, because they see things you just don't see. My first husband, um, which was an abusive train wreck, horrible, made, I I probably didn't date him six months for sure, but um, ended in very abusive. And I remember my parents, my friends, I sorority sisters, everyone, same thing. I mean, just, it was there. I refused to see it. And I, everyone shunned my friends. You're not my friend anymore because you're talking about him. And I mean, you know, therapy will say, you know what, that was your old self. Just appreciate who you were at the time, but listen to your friends. Yeah. Listen to your parents. And and what's bad is you tend to block those people off and you're like, they're, they're not even for me. And you know, you get, you get all high and mighty (laughs) and you need to listen. You do. And you don't have to do exactly what they say, but you need to listen with an open mind and go into it and go, wow, mm-hmm. I do notice mm-hmm. that he makes fun of me every time he's around his friends. Right. Wow. Red flag. Right. Yeah. And, and- 37 red flags mean stop. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Do not stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> Please. Well, and you know what I do th- you and I have been through divorces and I have one child of a divorce and I, I'm that person. We have a great relationship. My ex-husband and I, was it always fabulous? No, no. not in the beginning. Are you kidding me? It's right. no, but, but honestly, divorce with a child. And again, we have a healthy, is that even, uh-huh. what is that? An oxymoron, <laughs> but a, a healthy divorce, but still a child of divorce. And you know, it, it's, it's, you don't want to bring a child into your, your, you're just trying to figure right. out your life. Okay. And this is the biggest tip ever for people who are in a divorce or a relationship where you have children. Stop talking about your ex. It will backfire on you every single time. And the research shows that a child is biologically wired to love their parent and protect their parent. And as a teacher, you know, I taught school for 25 years. I have seen the worst cases of abuse, but that child still longs for the love of their parent and they will hardly ever turn them in. They still want the love of that parent. And what happens when you are in a divorce and the mom talks about the dad to the child 
all that does is create wiring in that child's brain to defend the person who they're talking about. And you are doing exactly the opposite of what you wanted to do. You want them to love you more. And and that's just natural. It's okay that you want them to love you more, especially if you're the one that's been jilted. But stop talking about your ex because the neurological damage that does to the child is horrendous because it's causing them to fight for a parent. And those are the people that are supposed to lift them up. And you're also telling them something bad about someone that they love and they think loves them. And it's just better to say nothing. And that's their parent. And that will always be their parent. And I can tell you that is one thing that my parents did for me. It was the greatest gift they ever did is not talk about each other. And, you know, and my mom was definitely probably the one jilted and, you know, had an alcoholic father and, and, you know, he was screwing around on mom and mother is kind and sweet and follows the rules. And, but I still love my daddy Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean I love my mother less, but I love my parents. They're my parents. And I think it does your child such a disservice. And I see it every single day, the sadness it creates in the child and how horrible parents would feel if they could see what they're doing on the inside of their child's brain. Your significant other that's no longer your other, even though you're no longer connected, they are forever connected and let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, and I and I've witnessed that a lot with with different and it's friends. So I can't sad. let go. Yeah, years and years and years and years. And if you can't let go, picture it like you're holding on to you know something heavy in a suitcase or a pile of rocks or whatever. If you can't let go, you've got no hand to grab hold of your future. Mm-mm. And the minute you let go, you're like, oh my gosh, all this great stuff is out there. And I've had so many people that have told me, wow. When I finally let go, I saw what I was doing. And forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. And you're not forgiving them for what they've done. You're not saying it's okay. You're not going back and saying, do it again to me. Mm -hmm. You're forgiving the fact that that's what their brain knows. Maybe they're abusive. Maybe they came from abuse. Maybe that's all the wiring they have for how to deal with anger. You don't have to stay in it, but let it go. Forgive them. So let me ask you this. What happens to you if your child, one of your three children, wants to talk to you about their father? Oh, they do all the time. So how do you navigate those waters? I listen. You don't talk about it? Oh, yeah, because all three of them do it all the time, and especially my little son. And, you know, I listen. The most important thing is to listen. Because most kids just want to be seen, heard, and understood. Those are the three qualities that all of us long for, and our brain wires for those three things, be seen, heard, and understood. So do you see me? Do you see my hurt? Do you see my frustration? You know, are you listening to me or are you on your phone? Are you typing an email? Like, stop what you're doing and listen to your kids and then understood. So I don't really agree or disagree, you know. I just say, oh my gosh, I understand what you're coming from because that would really hurt my feelings too. And maybe try this. And I offer suggestions for the situation, not anything bad about their father. Okay. Just trying to, okay. And so like my, my little son, 
his dad is not a talker and he at all. And he, you know, he's the one that just walked out on us. And so Brady has a little bit of bad juju about that. And I feel very strongly that his father loves him dearly and he loves him the best way that he knows how. And I remind him of that often. I'll say, you know, Brady, your dad loves you. He's just not a talker. And maybe if you say to him, Hey dad, you know, I wanted to ask you this question. You induce the conversation, but I, you know, when he's like, God, ah, dad won't listen to me or he's won't, you know, get off his phone or whatever. And I'll say, I know that irritates people a lot. Remember that next time someone's talking to you, remember how it feels. And next time just say, Hey, can you listen to me? Or when you get finished doing what you're doing, I want to talk to you. Wow. And so offer solutions for the situation or for the problem and leave the other parent out of it. You know, um, what you were saying earlier and someone many, many years ago when Kennedy was little, little, and you know, you're a new mom, you don't know how to do it. You're, you, they didn't give you a manual, no handbook. (laughs) There is not a manual or handbook. And so I remember just, uh, uh, but when she was starting to talk and communicate with me, someone told me, and I can't remember who it was. They said, Anytime your your child wants to talk, stop what you're doing and listen. And listen. And I remember one time Kennedy was in her car seat in the back seat and mommy, 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 you know, that just sing song, sing song. Uh-huh. I need to talk to you. So I stopped. I literally pulled over the side of the road and I stopped and I looked at her and I said, talk to me. And she was just so shocked. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I, and I'm like, I wasn't listening to her. I mean, I was not. And she was little. So not that I'm this, you know, mom of the year or anything, but it has worked. And, and recently I'm so busy because my business now, social media, I'm on my freaking phone all, all the, the time. time, all the time. And my daughter, it will say, I'm going to wait till you finished. Uh-huh. And I'm just, you know, and it, and I, and I tell that, I tell our Greg's daughter, little kids, you know, 10 and 13, always listen. Yeah. Stop what you're doing and listen. And I think that's a perfect thing to remember with your significant other, because that is truly one of the number one things that people tell me that irritates them about their, their spouse or their partner. And that is that they do not pay attention, that they're always on their phone. Hands down. Number one complaint I get in my job. Really? All the time. All the time. And this is new because technology, right? right? And people use the excuse, well, I've got to check my email or someone may need me. Yeah, they might. Right. But doesn't that person need you? Oh, yeah. And don't they live with you? And don't they count on you? And so we have a rule at our house, no cell phones at the table, no electronics of any kind. And like, you know, really it just takes 30 minutes to eat dinner, but it's 30 minutes that we have that we designate. These are the people I care about and there's no one else out there more important. Interesting. I recently, which this is, this is coming to fruition because I recently was working with a salesman and, um, to, to buy an appliance. And I had a person with me, um, from their company and they, uh, they were trying to offer me a deal for social media influence Uh and, and basically to collaborate. And the salesman is newly married young man. And, um, I said something like, what's your hashtag? So I can, he goes, I don't, I don't do social media. And I went, but I mean, and his boss is standing there just going, oh no. And he is, he goes, I hate social media so much. Like my wife won't get off social media. We have to rewind movies. And of course his boss was going, learn your audience here. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> learn your customer uh-huh. here. But, but it, 
He was very angry. Yes. Very angry. And it is truly a, a major cause of problems right now with spouses and others. It is a bit, I mean, I cannot tell you hands down, number one complaint I get. Mm-mm. Number one by far. Not even a close second place. You are joking. No, more than sex, more than money. Stop that. No, true story. <laughs> and it, because amazing. think about how you feel, you know, when you're trying to talk to somebody and they're on their thing yes. and they may be listening, but that's also a misnomer. People that say they're good at multitasking. That's not a thing. And it is too. I'm good at it. It is not. I always call it half-assing <laughs> oh, because no. your brain cannot do two things at once. It, it cannot. It cannot completely wire up two separate things at one time. Okay, Stacy. so there's one person in your life that this is true. <laughs> the one exception would, would be, be Tiffany. me. Tiffany. No, I, I pride myself on unloading the dishwasher and 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 talking on the phone. Yeah. It's still not. I'm not. It's I'm not do, a thing. So you're saying it's not, I'm not com- you're doing not it well. You're not fully giving your full attention to either. And I can tell you like how many times I've, I mean, and I do it all the time too. I'm on the phone and I'm talking and, you know, doing whatever. And then I'll be like, what did I do with my keys? And the other day I found my keys in the refrigerator. Oh, of course. And, and I'm you're like, not pregnant. No. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world was I doing? And I was, that's what happens when we half way are doing, you know, back and forth, your attention fully focuses in one place. And when you're bouncing it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you're not giving your full attention. That's why we forget things. That's why, you know, driving and texting is so terrible. It's not because texting is terrible. It's because you're splitting your attention. And do you know that driving and eating raises your chances of having an accident? I think it's 68% is some crazy number just because you're looking down at your burrito or whatever. And, and you're not, you're focusing on the food and you're not focusing on wow. the driving. And how many times do we eat and drive or eat and, you know, email while we're, you know, eating our lunch. And then you look up and you go for that last bite and you're like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? It's because you didn't even realize you ate it. You're not even enjoying what you're eating and your brain is not processing it either way for you. Stacy, you know the times that I I mean I'll drive to Austin and I honestly go, wait, where where wait, where am I? Did I pass that town? I know. Is and that is that's what we do. We we half ass things. And our brain is literally splitting the neurons, splitting the energy, two things. But it can it doesn't do two things at once. It's milliseconds, but it Mm-mm. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, you were talking to me about doing a 50, like 50 things that I can do well. Mm-hmm. It was multitasking with the first and not you said, now I have to start <laughs> over, don't I? <laughs> Mark that one off. <laughs> Just go back. <laughs> oh, you can say goodness. I'm good at many things. Okay. So let's bring this into it since we brought in the S word. So um, different phases of your life, sex is, is the most important thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a relationship. I don't, I'm not sure if it ever was for me, but I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So hormones and, and aging and moms and, and kids and things like that. So when I'm assuming, and you're listening, hon, <laughs> Greg, that is his number one love language. Okay. As my significant uh-huh. other. And it's his, it is not my number one love language, but I love him. I know. So what do you think? And it's so hard. And I think truly too, it's, it is true. It's hard to find that place where, you know, and when you're young, you can just want sex and like, you know, 
two point seconds. You're like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. And then you have kids and it changes things. And then it's like, okay, we've got 12 minutes till they get back. You know, wow. hurry, get your pants off. <laughs> and you know, it's all that. And then as they get older and they get out of the house again, well then, you know, life and hormones happen and you're busy here and you're busy there. And you know, just life happens. And it's truly one of those things as you get older, you have to schedule into your calendar. And it sounds gross. And I know all you 20 year olds out there who can have sex at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't require a gallon of coconut oil and all the things. (laughs) (laughs) You can just want it and have it. Blue pill. Yeah. Enjoy those times because they will pass. They will. Um, they don't understand. And I remember hearing people talk about that when I was, you know, in my twenties and thirties and I was like, that's never going to happen to me. Boom. It did. And it, you just have to schedule it in there because it is, it's important for men, especially because their, their bodies are wired differently and they're very visual and women are more emotional as a general rule. And it, it just means different things. And we assume on both parties that it means the same for them and it doesn't. And that's the best thing you can ever do is understand, Oh, I can't just rub her leg. And she's like, Oh, I'm in, you know? And like, sometimes you in the night, you know, you'll rub over and hit your husband's leg and he'll go, or you want sex? And I'm like, no, no, my gosh, I just rolled over. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and stop being ridiculous. Stop being ridiculous. <laughs> I, I didn't even shave my legs. And my husband calls it smuggling and he'll go, oh my God, you're smuggling again. And he said, you need to do a delivery of the sandpaper on my legs. Oh, That's what he called. No. Cause I'm telling you, I could shave four times a day. I don't know what has happened to my hormones. I, I the minute I get out of the shower, I need to shave again. Isn't that it's, sexy? ridiculous. And so, you know, when you're trying to like sort of be sexy and then you're like, you have sandpaper legs and I'm like, all right, this is what I got. And so my husband will tell me that, Ooh, you're smuggling again. And I'm like, I know that's what I have. And you know, it's just, it's hard for women as you get older, but I, I truly, you have to put it in your life just like you do buying groceries and we have to schedule things that are important. And I, this is a crazy story and thank God both of my grandparents have passed away because my granny would die. <laughs> and I remember as a little girl, I was probably nine or 10 years old and my granny always made a grocery list and my granddad would go to town with the coffee shop and go play dominoes and whatever. And then he'd bring my granny back the groceries. And I remember at the bottom, there would be like a little X at the bottom. And I remember one time asking my granny, what, what does that mean? And she said, that means your granddad's going to get sex tonight. And no, she, ma'am. <laughs> and she would not even say that word. And she wouldn't even say pregnant. She would say, well, look at that cat. She's PG. Uh-uh. She, and that, you know, of course, granny's yeah was old. And But my granddad still... And they were, you know, uh, probably they were probably my age, but they were old at the time. And I remember my granny telling me, she said, they never stop wanting that. She said, you've just got to give it to them or their head will blow clean off. (laughs) (laughs) She was right. My granny was right. I mean, I call it DSB, deadly sperm buildup. Yes. I mean, it makes, I mean, yeah, it's. And they just get grumpy and. What in the world? It's terrible. That's not even good. I mean, and I, I, I'm going to say this one more time. I love my husband so much. But and, wow. and when you're young, you associate 
love and sex. Yes. And the older you get, it's love and companionship. Okay. And it's, it works very differently in your brain. But I can tell you too, part of the problem with women, especially as you get older, is you lose part of your wow mm -hmm. and your, you know, your boobs are sagging and your butt's sagging and your knees running down your shin and all the things. And so it's hard to feel like having sex when you don't feel sexy. Mm -hmm. And it is so important to do the things that you can do personally for yourself to feel sexy, whatever that is. If it needs to be a new hairdo, if it needs to be a new outfit, if it needs to be, you know, Brazilian wax, I don't know, whatever it is for you, because that is what men want. Mm -hmm. Confidence is sexy. And that's why people like Lizzo can just be this bombshell because they have confidence that's unparalleled to other people. And we think, especially women, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, he's going to not want me anymore because I don't look good in this, you know, these thong panties are not covering up all the cellulite. And I can promise you, women, there is no man out there that in the middle of sex says, mm, I'm sorry, put your clothes back on. That's they not don't it. say that. <laughs> That's not a thing. That is not a thing. <laughs> they don't care if you have cellulite. That is, that is not, but we assume once again, that our brain works like their brain right. and their brain works like our brain. Biggest misnomer out there. There are no two brains in the world that work the same at all. And we mistakenly think our perspective is everyone's perspective and it's not, right. it's not, you know, and we're talking about our age too. So the, 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 the 30 year old moms or 25 year old moms and forties that are, you know, just, I just think of all the phases of life of, you know, getting engaged, getting married, you know, trying to get pregnant. I mean, my, my ex-husband and I, we couldn't get pregnant. I mean, it just like took us forever. And, um, then, you know, that was stress. Yeah. Like, okay, let's go, let's go, uh -huh. let's go, let's go. And then, you know, the girls out there that are trying to figure out their career and being a mom and now homeschooling. Right. And, it's yeah. so hard. And, and stress creates cortisol in the brain. Once again, it's all about the chemicals, which shuts down all of the libido and the, it, it, woo, it closes off your feel good chemicals. And that's why it's important to know how to activate those, to get dopamine, to get serotonin. Oxytocin is the love hormone. What do you do to get that back? You've got to know how to create the chemicals when stress is taking them away from you. Right. So if anyone listening to this podcast for their significant other, male, female, whatever the case may be, whatever, you have got to water your plants. I yes. mean, you've got to water your plants and keep your house clean. And I'm not talking because I have no plants. But my point is, you have to take care of each other. Yes. Know our love language, right? It's so important. It's so important. And you've got to create connection with your other person at a time when everything is good. And the problem when people fight and they want to talk it out, well, you can't talk it out in the middle of the fight because your brain is not working correctly. It's in an emotional frenzy in the limbic system, and it's not up here in the prefrontal cortex. So you've got to set these boundaries beforehand or hash it out the next day. And how many times have we said things we regretted and done things we regretted in the middle of an angry moment? And so one of the best things my husband and I have ever done is we have made a plan ahead of time and we can talk and say things to each other 
And we are very diligent about following through on what's going on. And I think I talked about that in the last podcast. We have our code word, leprechaun. And, we're, and like this weekend, especially because we were all in the car and my little son and my husband and I, we were all leprechaun, leprechaun, leprechaun. <laughs> no. And then this morning, Brady was telling me, he's like, I haven't gotten near as many leprechauns as y'all. And it's because we're, you know, everybody's kind of stressed right now. You know, Brady's going back to school and I've had you know, keynotes and pot. I've been really busy and he works, you know, as an engineer in the oil field and he's been busy and, and I can be like, Oh wow. And I notice the pattern, watch for the patterns. When we are more stressed, we go back to our comfort zone, which is that old wiring system. And you have to be conscious to pull yourself back out of it. And also know your personality type. And if you don't know your Enneagram, it's a really good thing That's to know. True. And I'm a seven and my husband is a six. And sometimes those two numbers clash a little bit. And once again, it's not personal and people take everything personal. And Brady, which is my 12 year old, who's just brilliant. And he said, mom, you take things personal and you get your feelings hurt. Butch takes things personal and he gets defensive. And I was like, wow, that hmm. is so true. And he wants to prove to you what you did wrong and what you should do next time and how you need to fix it. And for someone like me, that hurts my feelings more because it's like he's saying, well, you're a stupid idiot. Mm -hmm. And I get so personal and he's like, well, I'm not talking to you anymore because you get upset about everything. Mm -hmm. So we were really doing the exact opposite that each other needed. And so when we started looking at the neuroscience of your Enneagram. And there's a lot of science based information about that. I realize as a seven, my greatest joy in life is experiences. And I want to do and have fun. And everything I think about is, oh my God, that'd be great. Let's rebuild this. Let's do that. Let's do this. And my husband was thinking as a six who likes loyalty and guarantees that nothing he did was good enough. And that's the way he was feeling about every time I wanted to redo the bathroom and redo the backyard. And he was like, we just did it a year ago. Nothing I do is good enough. And I was like, wow, I had no earthly idea you thought that because all I thought is, oh my gosh, I had no way to make it better. And sevens have major FOMO and we want everything to be fun and exciting. And, and we're just constantly thinking and doing, we stay in our head all the time. He is, wants to guarantee he wants to, and if we buy a new washing machine or dishwasher, he's looked up 37,000 reviews on it. He's checked every price. He knows where this is cheaper and where this is better. And I'm like, who cares? Let's get one. That one's pretty. Get it. Oh my right. gosh. It comes in yellow. You know, I could care less if it rotates or that's not the way my brain works. Wow. And for him, he thinks that's irresponsible. So learning how your brain works is the best thing you can ever do for your relationship, because otherwise you will always take it personal. And we always think that the other person thinks like us. And if I said that, I would mean it ugly, you know, and, and my husband's really like, he lays down all the rules and tells you why things won't work. I would never tell anybody that because that's just not, I, if I did say that I'm cutting you down wow. and I'm, I want to tell you, but when he says it, it's just logical. Wow. And so, and if he told me that he wanted the bedroom a different way, it would mean he couldn't stand it the way it was. 
well, that's not what I mean at all. I liked it the way it was, but this way it looks fun. Let's do it like that. See, so, I'm a six. I am him. Yes. It's <laughs> And it's very important to know that about your spouse mm-hmm. because it truly causes major, major problems when you think the other person thinks like you. 100%. I mean, when you and I, we even, before we even started this series, I had several friends reach out to me or several followers and say, that this is marriage counseling for me because yes. the way their brain works versus the way my brain works. Right. And it's amazing. And I'm, perspective is everything, oh but it's goodness. only yours. Mm-hmm. It's only yours. Oh yeah. And there's been so many fabulous research studies where people watch the same thing on a computer screen and then they say what they saw happen. And it's phenomenally different about each person. And they saw literally the exact same video. They saw the same thing, but their brain does not register it the same way. That's why now in the police departments and places of eyewitness is not, not really that reliable anymore. And because they will see what their brain is wired to see. And Mm -hmm. if they dislike something or someone or that they got bit by a dog when they were three, then they'll assume that all dogs are mean. And that's just your defense system in your brain. And it's not everybody else's brain. So back some time ago, and I think you and I were talking on the phone about this as well um, when we first met or we were connecting and you and your husband actually, you write and even Brady, Uh you all as a family write what you appreciate about that person. So those of you listening and having significant, have significant others that is so helpful. Oh, right? It's so fun. Explain that. So we just have a, a list on the refrigerator and it was just a, you know, a piece of copy paper. And at the top it says, thank you. And then we just write on it. And like last night I wrote on there and told my husband, you know, thank you for moving the rocks in the flower bed because I've been having a back issue for the last two weeks. And I always would do stuff myself and he knew I couldn't, and he knew I wanted them moved. And you know, they're boulders right. like this and you'd move them uh, and I would move yeah. them. Yeah. And he did it for me. And, you know, and I wrote him and he's like, oh, wow, you noticed I did that without, and I didn't even tell him to do it. He just did it, Mm -hmm. you know, and he'll write me stuff like, thank you for cooking dinner because I was running late and it was on the table when he got there, which is rare for me because I'm not a very (laughs) cook, but you know, like he has to wear certain clothes out in the oil field. I can't remember what they're called, but they're fire resistant or whatever. And I had them all washed and ready for him the other day and that he put that on there, you know, and just little things. And my son will put stuff on there, you know, thanks mom for getting my clarinet ready. But it's just appreciation is the number one cursor of a healthy relationship. It is in every study that they've looked at. It is the number one thing that affects a healthy relationship. And when people no longer appreciate each other, the other person's brain is not giving those chemicals. They're not registering those happy chemicals. And it works for parent-child. It works for spouses. It works for boss and employee. It always works. And in fact, lack of appreciation is the number one reason people leave their jobs. Wow. And people always assume it's for more money. It's not. It's lack of appreciation. It registers in the brain to such an effect that it creates a lasting relationship. That is amazing. And oh, it's so funny. My little neighbor across the street, she's um, eight years old. I think she may be nine now. But I noticed the other day there was this little weird handwriting on on our list, on the refrigerator, on the thank you thing. And I was like, who wrote that? And I looked at it and it said, Brady, thank you for being my friend. 
and oh, little no. little Katie had written it on there, oh, and she no. and I thought, oh my gosh, how precious is that that she knew that we do that for each other and that she wrote that on our refrigerator. And it's so easy. It's literally a piece of copy paper stuck on there with two magnets. But what I have found and what my research showed is the more that you appreciate people, the more they'll do things to be appreciated for. And it is actually like a, a wonderful thing because the more my husband tells me, thank you, the more I want to do things for him. Wow. Cause I'm like, Oh, he exactly. appreciated it. Oh yeah. yes, yes. And how many times have we given people a gift and we get the joy when they open it and they love it. And they're like, Oh my God, this is my favorite thing. You as the giver love it just as much as the receiver. Mm -hmm. And and that is one thing they have found in uh, the research. Dr. Emmons is the world's leading researcher on gratitude. And it is truly a gift that is the same for the giver and the receiver. They both get a chemical boost when you are grateful and say it to the other person. Say it. I mean, just say, say it out it. loud. Yeah. Cause it doesn't do any good to think, man, I'm so glad she cooked my dinner. Like, mm -mm. I don't know it if you don't say it. Mm -mm. No, yeah. not at all. You know, and, and I was thinking of something when you were, you were explaining all that, you know, what I think as a partner, I want to show my daughter that's that's around Greg and I quite a bit. Uh -huh. I want to show her how to be a good partner. Right. Ugh. And and I can tell you, like my husband says, that's his number one regret in his first marriage is that he and his wife pretty much coexisted for 20 years. And he's very quick to just go through the motions because mm -hmm. he's a rule follower as a six. Mm -hmm. He does exactly what you're supposed to. But the marriage was over long, 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 long ago because of infidelity. And he checked out. He's like, nope, I will never trust you again. I will never be loyal to you again. I'll stay here because I'm loyal to these children. And he did. He just stayed. And I now hear him say all the time, I feel so bad that I didn't show them what a relationship looks like. Right. And, but you don't, you know, as a parent, you can't live your life feeling guilty about that either. Cause you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. but we have a sign in the kitchen that says this kitchen is for dancing. And like my little son, he laughs all the time because Tennessee whiskey is our song uh -huh. and we made a deal. You know, it's fun to have a song with your other and no matter where we are, what we're doing, anytime we hear Tennessee whiskey, we stop and dance, whether we pull over on the side of the road or what we were in New York city and we were at a little cafe outside last summer and we heard Tennessee whiskey and we just got up and started dancing. And that's just kind of our song and our thing. But Brady laughs and sometimes he'll sneak in and, tell Alexa to play Tennessee whiskey to oh, see if we get see. up and dance. But I thought, wow, we've taught him yes. that it's okay to be silly. It's okay to do something fun. It's okay to love each other. And that's what you do. It is. And that that's how you make a relationship. And it's also good for your children to see you fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, don't ever say that in front of your kids. Well, don't yell and cuss and whatever. Sure. But, but it's good for them to see conflict resolution because you're teaching them what to do when you're mad, what to do when you're sad, how to fix a problem instead of just pretending that it doesn't exist. Exactly. And I do look at that the people that have children and they're going, they're in a marriage and, and I'm like, oh gosh, what you're teaching your child yeah. to how to behave or to treat and, 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 and it is, I mean, if you, and I think that's getting older thinking about that yes. too, you know what I mean? And you teach without teaching. You don't realize you're teaching, but you are. 
Yeah, these kids are watching us. They're watching everything, everything we do. do. Oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. everything I, we do. Well, I think we have hopefully helped some people. I hope we have. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I know. I love that we are starting that list at our house. It's just, you know, it's just like you've got to get back. And you have to do it and keep continuously doing yes. this, you know, and be nice to and each And you other. have to be proactive. You truly do. And I, I know me personally, I try to do one nice thing for my husband every day. And sometimes it'll be like 1130 and I'm like, oh crap, I didn't do anything nice today. <laughs> and, and so like, whether it's send a funny text or, you know, have like weird emojis or do something fun to keep it fun because that will keep the novelty going in your brain. Absolutely. And it's so important because otherwise you will go through the motions and somebody that you once loved and adored will just be a dude you live with. <laughs> oh gosh, isn't that And that truth? happens without you knowing it. It's, it's subconscious when they're no longer fun and exciting and you you become roommates. Yes, you know, I had a, a therapist one time tell us that, Tiffany, do you all want to be roommates? Or do you, I mean, do you want to have a family and yeah. marriage? You know, and you make that decision to move on or yeah. not, you know, but no, I don't want to be a roommate. No. no, I'd live by myself. Yes. I would. And my house would be clean and the towel would be on the hook. <laughs> Always, always. Oh, P.S. I love you, honey. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. But you know, I am with butches. I am number six. But boy, those towels better be folded. Uh, and, but Greg does. He hangs it across. And I know it's so ugly. Dries, dries better that way. Like, who no, cares? who cares? And I'm, he always says, "Who comes in our bathroom?" And I'm like, "Me." I come in here every day and I look at that and it sends me over the edge. Absolutely. So either you get a grouchy wife or put the towel on the hook. <laughs> one or the other. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this third series. Oh, you're so welcome. I just love it, love it, love it. And I just adore you. And tell us where we can find you. Okay. You can find me at thegratefulbrain.com. And um, you can sign up for my newsletter there. I send out a weekly newsletter uh, with brain tips every Thursday. It's Thankful Thursday. You can also sign up my, for my free Facebook group there. Um, you can also sign up for my online course, Chemical Soup, which teaches people all about the chemicals in your brain. And my Instagram is Stacy Danford. And I post stuff there every day about your brain. Absolutely every day. And it's absolutely beautiful. And she's so colorful and so happy. <laughs> I just love her. My daughter goes to her Instagram. So she's so happy. She's so cute. It took me 50 years to get this happy. They see, it doesn't happen overnight. It does though. not happen overnight. Thank you all for listening and watching on YouTube. Go rate and review this podcast if you don't mind. We're trying to get up in that podcast world. And follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram. And everyone have a wonderful day, a wonderful relationship with your significant significant other. There it is. And keep being fabulous.